if you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. Good evening and welcome to episode 270 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your proud host, Howard Kravitz. Thanks for joining us tonight as we are going to be covering the Ohio Derby with a great preview of the Saturday Late Pick 5 at Thistle Downs, again, highlighted by the $500,000 Ohio Derby and the return of two fills. And also, later on, Jim Miller will be here from Hawthorne to talk about a huge contest day at that Hawthorne has that we've talked about on this show for the last several weeks. And they have a derby themselves. they got the Hawthorne Derby this weekend as well, which will play a huge factor into one of the contests that they have. Jim Miller will be on uh, the show here to talk about that. Uh, please make sure you subscribe on the bottom right-hand side of the screen after you do that, hit that notification bell. Uh, so you know new content will rise and smash that like button. We'd really appreciate that. That will send the YouTube algorithm uh, to our show and let people know about the growing, ever-growing podcast we have here. You can follow me on Twitter, at hkravitz. I really think we give out, it's, it is it is my Twitter handle, but it's really the podcast uh, Twitter handle. And I really give out a variety of information on there and news, and it's really something important to follow. I know a lot of you that are watching or will be watching or listening do follow on Twitter. But if you are on Twitter and you do not, do not follow, you really should at H Kravitz uh, to get a lot of great information. Uh, and then bottom of the screen, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. You can see right there is my email. Uh, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Great listening platforms. The Power Picks um, had a few decent scores. Uh, Canterbury last night had high front. Uh, only paid two to one. It was hard to get prices last night in general. Some of the fields were small, but there were some prices out there. We gave out high front and um, the bet and boozing guys. We'll talk about last night in a minute when I bring on uh, Pete Visco, but uh, they did an awesome job. We gave out some nice scores there. Uh, speaking of Pit, Pete Visco website uh, that he uh, created, uh, that's awesome. HHH Racing Podcast. Dot com. All right. I think that really takes care of anything. We don't have a lot of administrative items to uh, discuss, and we do need to just touch on last night. And I want to do that uh, with my wonderful friend and co-host, which I'm looking forward to seeing in, let's see, how many days? Just over a month now, a little over a month, we will actually meet Pete Visco in person. We're not really sure if he's real yet, but I think we will find out that he is when we meet him at Saratoga, really excited. When I say we, I mean Paul Halloran, almost the entire HHH Racing podcast gang. Most people have met each other. Not everyone, but a lot of people have met each other. But no one has met the mysterious Pete Visco. Let's see if he's still on the east side of Maryland. Let's see if he's there. Yes, he is. Pete, Ohio Derby Day, the return of two fills. How are we doing? Yeah, I mean that would that would be the. I'm glad he's there, or else I'm not. I'm not too sure the Ohio Derby would be would be a much race that we'd be really paying attention to if two fills didn't show up. So I'm glad he's there. We're glad he's back. Hopefully in form still. Yeah, he's he's got a, he's got one horse to his inside. I think that can be an absolute threat and has pretty good form lines, as you know what I'm talking about. We'll we'll discuss that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, two fills is going to be a pretty heavy favorite. It looks like on Saturday, Pete. Uh, 
I want to, uh, there are a lot, let's, let's talk about some people in the chat real quick before we get on. Um, we got Michael Oson is here. Wow. He's hoping that's, for two fills to be in Michael. form. Yeah, he's Michael hoping. Austin is singling two fills. <laughs> Michael, you are a gambler, buddy. <laughs> Just kidding. It's it's pretty logical. Uh, Stephen Vandenbroek is here. Sean Kane. Sean, thank you very much. I want to touch on this. Great job last night, Howard. It was not just me, guys. I mean, I was just there at the track, but there's no way I could have done it without Pete and all the other people, which we'll, we'll talk about here in a minute. Ralph Conte. I heard Ralph gave me a little crap last night on the show. At least that's what it looked like when I uh, read it. But uh, Ralph, <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's okay. I can handle it. Ralph, uh, thanks for uh, joining us. And Jeff Amps are always a uh, great um, viewer of the show. Uh, Howard, great job at Camry last night. By the way, what do you listen to in the car on the way back to Chicago? Well, Jeff, that's a great question. The answer is nothing because I did not drive. I flew. So there you go. I hate long car rides. It's about six hours, Pete. I mean, I could have done it, but I just – No, I, got, I, don't, I don't like to do anything just, over three, three and a half is, is my tops at this I agree this with point. you. I just – boy, do I hate long car rides. Yeah. I agree with you. Like two and a half hours is a long car ride. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's no way I'm driving there and driving back and then having the shows and all that. Pete, let's talk about last night very quickly. First of all, great job. I watched the entire show uh, this morning, partially on the plane, and then um, when I got home, I had a real early flight this morning. A little tired, but I'll, I'll, I'll be okay. thought you guys did a great job. I actually was happy with the technology uh, from Canterbury. I thought my sound was actually better than I expected. We could definitely hear Florent Drew. I think that was probably the highlight of the of the show um, interviewing Florent Drew after the race. And then also I'm very proud of the, apparently I checked Equibase apparently in the turf sprint, I did get an eight buyer Pete, according to you. Was get, it an eight? Okay. That's, that's not bad. Buyer. Better than zero. in the chart. I mean, that's better than zero, right? I mean, at least you're, we've seen some, you know, you go through some of these races and you see a couple of the negatives and the zeros. So, you know, you're, we'll, we'll get you next out. I think you were closing late. So we, we I think we'll get you next time. I thought I was more of a solid 14 or 15 buyer with a, with a late or with a late time form figure in the fifties. I mean, I was really, maybe they'll, late, maybe they'll make an adjustment like they know. do. We'll call maybe the, maybe the time was off on the, you know, no. time these races, they're off a little bit. You know, there's been plenty of timing issues, but in all seriousness, great job, Pete and, and, and Kyle. Yeah. You too. I mean, it was, it was, you did, it was great seeing you on there. We saw you on the show and anybody, by the way, if you go to the website in the photos section, there's some, you know, a few photos from, oh, from last evening. I mean, there weren't a ton, but I pulled a couple off the YouTube right. and off of Twitter. So oh. if anybody wants to check those out, they're out there as well. Thank you for doing that. And yeah. I also was on with Angela for a good, like 15 minutes before on the simulcast feed. And I thought I did a, a decent job. I mean, I, listen, I'll let people decide for themselves, but I thought the presentation was pretty good. And again, you can, I didn't, I didn't want to put the link up again. This, this, I don't want to make this about last night or about me or anything, but if people want to see it, they didn't see it. Canterbury it's it's Park, on the it, website too. It's on our website the, as well. The link to their YouTube channel. Yeah, on the on the home page where we sort of have your appearances, your various appearances, yes. there's a link to that so people don't have to, you know, oh, remember great. to dig up for it. So it's okay, on so there. So check as well. the website. We're not going to go through the whole website. Check the thanks yeah, yeah. you know you did. Yeah, all. no. He does stuff okay. I don't even know, he, you know. I just do. Yeah. I, I appreciate do. that. I've yeah. been a little uh, busy last 24 hours, but thanks for letting me know. I had a really good time and thanks again to Gambry Park. Look forward to going up there again. Um, the only negative is, you know, the field sizes are smaller right now in general. And um, I, I got a little hint of frustration from them. But look, field sizes are small in a lot of places in the Midwest, especially Pete. There's just only so many horses to go around. And yeah. 
you know, Alice Slash Churchill's got purses for 120 for maidens. I mean, it's just, it's very hard. Indiana Grand's got some nice purses. Just, you know, the Prairie Meadows, the Hawthorns, the, um, the Canterbury's, the world. Um, they're struggling a little bit with the field size, but they did over, I think they did 2.4 million in handle last night, Pete. So that's, that's nice. it was a little bit down from the previous year at Canterbury, but for Wednesday night, I'd say that's pretty good. So yeah. Uh, they and were overall pleased with the night. I think they're, I always like that track because it, it seems pretty fair. It seems to play, you know, it's yeah. not like some of the other tracks where you just get speed on the top. I think it's pretty fair to everyone. There were some odd, odd late dro- odds drops that were, that were, yes. uh, that we noted on the show at least. But other than that, I thought it was fair. I thought so. There were some good quality races and some good quality horses. And we, we actually saw a couple horses that I think could do some damage elsewhere at some other meets. So that's always so. impressive too. Yeah. Yeah, those, those damn CAWs come in and, you know, computer wagering. It's, yeah. uh, there's, I mean, the, the money in the first leg that race two where Fuerte Ventura, I think that's the same horse, like took a huge late hit, was four to five. I never yeah. envisioned that. And of course, won the race because they know. Barely, though, that was an exciting race. But well, hey, we I was had, not on the show, you, but that was a very exciting race. You had Flo on and he gets the call on Worthington while he's on the show. And then, yeah, he how goes, about that? And they wind up betting that horse. As soon as they put Flo on, he got bet down to like seven to five or something. Three to two, I think. <laughs> or, or was it three to two? Whatever it ended up at, he got pounded. Yeah. And that was in live real time. If you didn't watch our show last night, it's it's in the betting and boozing section of our uh, YouTube channel. You should really check it out. There's a lot of cool stuff that was going on, stuff in the paddock. And again, Pete and yeah. And Kyle and Patrick broke down the races and just, we had a lot of fun last night. And that so. game was fun, by the way. We should do that again where, yeah. we, congratulations where we did to the picks. Terry, oh boy, last name, do you remember? Terry, no, right? I, yeah, it was Frank? Terry Frank, maybe? Yeah, Terry it was Frank, TF. Yep, Terry Frank, yeah. And if Terry is listening or will be listening, um, I got your email, so we'll, we'll get that money to you, um, ASAP. But, but that was uh, a fun, it was fun. It made the, yeah. you know, I mean, we don't do a lot of live racing, so we can't really do that too often, but if no. we do have live days, that could be something, something fun to do in the future as well. Um, Pete, everyone's got me doing, you know, becoming famous now and that will I have, listen, uh, Ralph wants to know, I guess I'll be on Fox next. I did meet Paul LaDuke, a real nice guy, by the way, we're going to try to get him on the show as well. Um, Look, I'm a full-time math teacher, everyone, um, and I need to – if I want full retirement – What's that? Not in the summer. <laughs> no, that's true. If I want full retirement pension, i got to teach for another about seven years, guys. So I don't know what my plans are going to be, but uh, I'm trying to line myself up. You know, Pete, I don't want to get off topic. I want to get onto the races, but no matter what line of work you're in at home there, you, you do need to put yourself in the best situation – and selfishly for me last night, that was a great experience and something I can put on the on the resume tape for something that I did. So, again, yeah. no matter what line of work you're on, you do have to build your resume off a little bit. And this show is a big resume builder for everyone, including yourself. But to be live and doing live broadcasts and to be on a simulcast feed is sort of a little bit of a feather in my cap. Oh, 100%. Uh, if, if people thought it was good. So. Especially where it started from. So if you think about starting the first show to now oh. being, being live on – being live on Canterbury, being live on some of these other shows. I mean, it's, you've come a long way and it's, it's amazing to see. And it's a nice, I mean, it's a nice trajectory. So you keep doing those and, you know, we'll get you off this show and then we'll say, and we can do the, then we can have the early bird and we can start doing these at three o'clock. Like me and Paul would like, yeah. So then we'll be good. Uh, By the way, Paul Howard has a family engagement tonight. Paul's not going to be with us. Um, Everything's fine, but he has an important family dinner that he is attending to. So, and last thing before we get to the races, a late happy birthday to Charlie Freeman yes. from Ben and Boozen. His birthday was last night, or yesterday. Charlie turned 21. So 
Pete, all the young men are growing up. You know, even your even your own son, they're all yep. grown up. Uh, Charlie might be having a beverage on the on the show now. People are wondering why didn't why doesn't Charlie ever have a beverage in his hand? If he didn't know, he wasn't twenty one. We didn't feel comfortable with that. He didn't want to get arrested. You know, we didn't want to narc him out. On the show. So I'm sure he, he never. Not, I'm sure he never had a drink before last I'm night. Sure. I mean, I'm Ohio State. Sure. They don't, yeah, yeah. You know, no, they don't. They don't like cocktails, right? There. So he may or may not have a beverage on the show. That's completely up to him, by the way. There's no yeah. no pressure of any of us. So, but anyway, all right. Uh, with Simon O'Neill's here. Hello, what's up, Simon from the UK? Ask it's wow. They have bombs today, Pete. I don't know if you saw some of the prices. I did. Uh, at Ask it, one, American Rascal lost. Did not look good. Didn't break great, and ooh, not good. Dead not last, good I think. If I if I looked oh, at really? it, I think it maybe. Bad? I think maybe because I I didn't see the race, so I wound up just okay. looking at the chart and. And I saw, I thought I saw dead last. So I didn't know if something oh. happened or it was just a really bad race. Okay. Well that, that's not good, but they, yeah. they'll, re, they'll regroup. I got a feeling we'll see him in the turf sprint in the Breeders' Cup going five furlongs at uh, San Nita in November. And my, June, our boy, hey, uh, hey, Ralph, our boy, Frankie, Frankie Dettori, he, he brings it home for the Italy boys. He got some today. He got a nice. Did he? Okay. Yeah. 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 I had zero time. There were, there's some uh, good races today, but I had zero time to look at stuff. Um, all right, guys, let, let, let's get on with it. Pete, um, Ohio Derby Day. Uh, a lot of Ohio bred races. There's some big fields here. Um, one thing you know is, Pete, you don't know this until this very moment. In fact, no one knows this except me. Pete, you've been on the show for, let's see, uh, officially as a co-host a little over a year now, about 14 months. And when you see our picks, Pete, you might get a good chuckle because I don't think we've been more lockstep oh, really? on any show than tonight. It's absolutely crazy. Starting with this first race where you have 283, I have 285, and I don't think these fields were that, you know, were that obvious either, but we just, we're thinking very like, man, so I really hope that it's going to work out for us. The first race is an Ohio Bread Allowance, six furlongs, it's a nice field of 10, with the Moy Line favorite is the number three, Cowtown Boss, a very speedy gelding. Um, Barbaron is in the saddle. Now, you and I don't usually play uh, um, Thistle Down, so I had to look at some stats, I'm sure you did also. Uh, to get a little more familiar with these jocks. But you're going, we're both going with the same horse, uh, maybe named after the movie. I don't know. I'm assuming. Great name. A I love cool it. name. That's actually Very a good cool. name. Hoppy Gilmore. Yeah, yeah. Not happy. He's probably happy too. Hoppy Gilmore. Rivera, nine to two. There's a particular stat that I really, that, that took me to this horse. But what do you like about Hoppy Gilmore in the first leg of the pick five on Saturday? I thought I thought this was a pretty tough. Yeah, I thought this was a pretty tough race, and I, I think we're going to say that about a few of these as we go. I mean, we see the first thing you notice though is this horse is coming off about a ten month layoff at this point, so that scares you a little bit. But then you look and and Roan Michael Roan, I assume that's how it's pronounced. I don't really know many of the trainers here, but he was thirty six percent on the win end, forty five percent in the money first after two hundred and forty to three hundred and thirty day layoff was the was the range that I used. So I just like to see that because this was a horse that at the end of his three year old year was really coming around and you could see two straight wins, you know, good, decent buyers for this field. The last one was in the slop ran down the, the one horse yep. here. Oh, hey, Pete, I'm go. just showing the stat. I know you weren't looking at the screen. Now this is, this is last five years, 180 days. So six months or more, you put a slight difference out, but 29% on the win. End I mean, that's excellent. Six months or more layoff, a very low ROI. So this horse, this, this trainer is bet off the layoff, but wow, is he very good. And again, the green means it's better than his par which is a lot of your power picks um, 
stats talk about this. But anyway, go ahead. I'll go back to the PPs. Yeah, and I, the one thing I did like, I don't think there's a ton of pace in here, but I do think there's two speed horses and Hoppy Gilmore in the last two wins did close into relatively slow paces. So he has that ability to sit. Like he's tactic, He looks tactical enough in some of his races to where hopefully he could just sit right off. I don't really like either of the speed horses all that much. I think they have the ability to come back to the field. The works have been pretty solid. You see the one on June 3rd, the bullet in 48 and two, then gets another one two weeks. You missed a week, but I don't know if that was intentional or not. Comes back with another 48 and two. So seems to be in good form, was in good form at the last the end of last year. So hopefully that's held. And then this horse is owned by Michael Roan as well, the, the trainer. So, yep. you know, hopefully he hopefully he thinks this one is pretty solid. What do you well, think about 31% it? 31% this year, Michael. Ryan yeah, I mean, well. he's he seems awesome. Again, I don't I, – I apologize. Yeah, I, I don't know many of the trainers <laughs> or jockeys here, but, no. I mean, just based on numbers, <laughs> he's pretty awesome. Pete, one angle for me, and it doesn't – it's not just Ohio. This is a $40,000 purse. They, they jack up the purses a little bit on these big days. Sure. And for these connections to bring this horse back on this day in particular – to me, means a lot of intent. Like, they're not going to run this horse if he's not ready for 40K on their biggest day of the year in Ohio. So no. I don't know if that came into your consideration, but I was thinking about that because they could have come back in any probably allowance spot throughout their throughout their meet, and they're coming back here, and they know it's going to be a tougher allowance race. So that's yeah. an angle for me uh, th that I thought was important. The other horse we'll talk about here is Elliot the Dragon. We both have this horse second. Um, has a inconsistent buyers, but I guess we both figure he can run back to some of his previous races. He certainly has got races on the go back that are good enough. Well, it's funny because there, some of these horses are weird where they're from a buyer standpoint, they're very up and down. And I guess you would, you would expect that because they're not the highest, highest quality, but they have like what you look for, I think in these races, or at least I do is can I find a horse who has a past race or has multiple past races that I think can win this? And when I look at Elliot the Dragon, that was one thing I thought was, I think this horse has races that can win it. The last race, he's sitting off. He's sitting in fourth the whole race as the favorite into a crawling pace. So hopefully we can get a little bit more pace here. Another one that we have that, though, we're, we're going to have to come from behind a bit with yeah. this one. So my, my thought, this actually, the, this jockey, Ibarra and Batista combination, the jockey trainer combo, six for 14 wins, 12 for 14 in the money overall, just together in the last five years. The one thing that scares you, and you can see it on the screen there, 0 for 5 on the win end at, at Thistle, but, you know, 8 for 10 in the money at the distance, 3 for 5 at Thistle, so at least, you know, he, he's there he just looked like a, a solid horse to me. And again, I don't love the speed. So I was looking for someone who might be able to come from off of it. Yeah. It's much better Mahoning, which is sort of weird, but Mahoning Valley's that MVR. There's a few horses like that too, that between those two tracks perform yeah. very differently. And I don't know enough about them in comparison to know yeah. what that means, unfortunately. And we're not, we're going to move on to the next race, but where the, where's the speed going to come from? Well, the one you'd think has to go, Zachariah, who's the fastest early time form, but doesn't always hold on. And then you've got to think the three Cowtown boss will be out there as well. I mean, we never know, Pete. I mean, I, I it seems like the, this day and age, pace complexion is harder and harder. That horse out, is, you so. see that horse, the, the favorite one for nine at, at the track, but eight for eight for nine in the money. So that's one that seems like likes to get on the lead, but doesn't hold. So the hope would be that that's exactly what happens here and, and our two closers can, can come up and, and get the money home.
Um, all right, let's move on to the next race, uh, Pete. The next race is race nine. It is the Daniel Stearns Cleveland Gold Cup Stakes. This is for <laughs> this is a mile and eighth for restricted three-year-olds. So this is uh, the real Ohio Derby, right, Pete? In, in this sense, is the real this is Ohio yeah. Breds. Ohio Breds, Ohio Derby number two, I guess we can call it. Um, they're going a mile and eighth, which is literally a stretch for a lot of these horses, as you'll see the PPs here. It's a an, another a lot big, of sprinters. Big, big field of eight. Yep, the morning line favors the number six Trojan uh, tail for Michael Maker and Farron Peterson. I'm not sure we've talked about uh, this lady very much. Farron Peterson is a a solid jockey who rides uh, well in many places, but uh, she's in Ohio on Saturday. And let me go ahead and switch over the banners and. Pete, this is the one race that we're very different. You'll see the other three races following this are were similar, but this is the one race where we are extremely different. Pete's going four, five, three. I'm going six, two, three. So Pete has the four and five, one, two. I don't have those two at all in the top three. This is a wide open race. Uh, Pete, by the way, I think the first race is a spread race. I think this race is a spread yep. race uh, also. Uh, you are going with the four return on investment. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, show the PPs. What do you like about him in the uh, second leg of the pick five? I really liked handicapping this race. I thought this was just a real high quality race where it was, there was a lot to choose from the three horses that you have. I actually had, I was down to, I tossed three, had five left that I was sort of uh, deliberating between. And that was, you know, they were all in there. So we're, we're not, we're not so off as, as it maybe looks. Return yeah. on investment was an odd one for me. So the, the horse actually only has one dirt race and it was at five and a half furlong. So not necessarily applicable. Then went, then goes out to a mile, doesn't run that well. Then a mile and a 16th ran, ran really nice closing race there. But the thing I actually liked about this horse, if you look the sire and the dam, both 23 to 24% in dirt routes. So there is breeding there for dirt routes. And I think with this horse's running style, hopefully with a little bit of speed, I think there is in this race. I think maybe this one, if he, if he takes to the dirt, as I think he should, based on his breeding, I think his closing style is going to be suited to this mile and an eighth, whereas some of these other horses, they're really stretching out this far for the first time. So I think this one may have an advantage in that respect. So I just want to point out that the dam almost an angel did win 217,000. But then I looked at, I, I stretched it out to all lines. I'm like, where this horse win is money. I mean, it was mainly earlier on his career on the turf. I just want to point that out as you can see. Yep. So he, he was really more, or excuse me. She, she was really more of a turf horse is where she earned her money. Now, when you look at some of the siblings, um, you know, they, they weren't, in really a lot of high class races where they were winning their money. And so I don't know, Pete, um, I hear you on, you know, on the percentage, but this horse has been training on the sin has really done better in theory on the grass. Although I guess the first race, we I didn't watch the race, but I don't know. Um, I'm not my, I have this horse only as a C I could be very wrong, but the breeding Caraconte, Artie Schiller, yeah, boy, I don't know about I don't know distance on the dirt. We'll we'll find out, but but you're going to get a little bit of a price, I think. And then you've got the five, Hey Eugene, um, a midshipman cult um, out of a Margie's Wildcat mare who has run some fast numbers, including breaking his maiden um, at Oaklawn, which is definitely a feather in his cap. But the big question is, 
And it's Jareth Loveberry, who we saw last night, or I saw last night in person. Um, oh, by the way, I, I could tell you why he didn't run the last race, if we want to get into that. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was curious. I right, well, so, yeah. Actually, let's put us on screen real quick. So in live, real time, there was a, a, a jockey valet, I'm not sure who it was, asked Drew if he can ride the two in the last race of the day at Canterbury last night instead of Jareth Loveberry. Um, his shoulder is has been acting up. And he rode Artemis City limits, I believe, in that race, um, in, in the turf spin. We can look it up. And on the gallop out, um, it was really bothering him. And I think he dismounted from Artemis City Mill, uh, Artemis City limits on the gallop out, Pete, because mm. Artemis City limits came back without Jared Lubberry back into the into the paddock and the saddling area. So it's nothing major, but his shoulder was bothering him to the extent that he didn't want to ride the last race. You got to remember now, he is riding two fills, so obviously he wants to make sure he's okay for that. So yeah. it was a minor injury issue with his shoulder. At least I think it's minor. That's what happened to Jareth Lubbery, FYI. Um, can Hey Eugene get the distance? That's my big question, Pete. That That's my big main concern. I have him as a backup because of that reason. Yeah, actually the damn side to me was leaning more on the sprint side. But I, I just thought that this race as a whole – had a lot of that in it. So I like the full, I think this one just was more of a form play where, and, and the horse coming from Oaklawn and Belmont and has maker has Loveberry. So there's a little bit more, maybe I, I don't want to say class, but maybe just a little bit more class on this horse. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to just straight out toss the horse for that reason. Yeah. Maker had some nice stat maker 71% in the money. So not necessarily on the wind end, nine furlongs and up in these sort of non-graded listed stakes races on dirt. So I was like, this horse should run, should be there. Now, again, if we'll see with the distance, what happens with the distance, but maker can usually get horses to, to stretch. So I feel like if he has confidence a little bit that this horse can stretch, then maybe I'll, I'll go with him on it as opposed to some, maybe some other trainer who is a little more inexperienced with something like that. Lon, what's up? Long time no talk. Lon Garfield Jr. is here. says hello. And this is interesting. The, the cross-country pick five. How about this, Pete? I didn't know this. Four races from Ascot. Yep. And then the, the and then one something from Belmont. So they're going four of the five races from Ascot, which is I saw that. So it shows you there aren't a lot of big stake races or big races this weekend, obviously. So anyway, I'm a, I have hey Eugene as a B, Pete. I this breeding, I, maybe he's gonna get loose and just win, but this is a big stretch, literally to go a mile and eighth. I'm using him because I respect the connections, but this is another one like the four. This sort of has to prove it to me a little bit. I like the two here. Um, quite a bit. I, this race to me was a lot about breeding and, and because these horses have to go the mile and eight, it's sort of like the Kentucky Derby. Uh, I know this horse can get the distance, at least based on the breeding. How about super saver out of a Drosselmeyer, uh, mare and only has gone long once and that was on turf and he probably doesn't want turf, but I think he wants long. She got a nice inside trip. So I do like fair and square quite a bit here. And I have Trojan tail, um, the other maker again, outwork is the sire tail, the cat, just more dirt breeding. And I'm just going with two horses on top, Pete, that I think actually I want the six on top first, but, um, I'm going six, two, three, uh, I'm using your four and five. I just want to go with horses that I think, uh, we'll have, we'll do better on the dirt at this distance, but there's a lot of question marks here. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I, I mean, to me, I, I think for you said it best at the beginning, I think it's pretty much of a spread race. I was looking two, three, four, five, six. We're all in the mix for me. So yep, I, I, I know I it's, and it's probably not the best because they're probably going to be five of the, maybe the five top choices, but 
I feel like it won't be there won't be a big favorite. So the, I think like the lowest horse will probably be like three to one. So I'm not too worried about that in this field. Yeah, it should be a fun race. Uh, let's go on to the next race. The next race again is uh, uh, not when I say again, it's again, it's a two turn dirt races, which, by the way, are my favorite races to bet. Two turn dirt races are probably the races I do best with. Um, so let's go on to the next race. It's race 10. Pete, you see our picks on the bottom of the screen. I mean, I same three horses. I'm not sure that's really that obvious in this race. So, again, great minds, or at least we hope great minds, are thinking alike. A mile and a 16th. Again, these are Ohio breads. Again, obviously, the George Lewis Memorial. These are for older males. Um, this is a field of 10. And the more line favorite is the number eight, Big Truck, Smith and Rodriguez. That's I'm going with chalk here. Pete, you're going number six, relish the ride for Radosevich, who is a very good trainer that I'm familiar with in Ohio, and Rivera riding five to one more line. Tell us about relish the ride. Well, let me tell you one thing about my handicapping of this race first. This is the first race I can remember in a while where as I went through, I usually sort of bucket them, ABC, whatever, just to get a feel for who I like and who I want to consider on the top end. And after I did that, I didn't like any of these horses to win the race. So it was, that usually doesn't happen where I'm like, I don't particularly like any of the horses. I think I could find flaws in every single one of them. So eventually the six and the eight were the two I had sort of as A's. So I I landed on them, I guess with my, with my opinion was to land on them. A couple things were with the six. I mean, the six is just in, came back in, in 2023 didn't end the year that great, but the last two were at um, Mahoning, I think the last two, and then came back to Thistle, where's five for nine wins. So clearly likes this track a little better. And in the first race of 2023, after a what five, six month layoff, just broke terrible and was in dead last, but closed nice, came home best in that field. Next time, steps up a little bit, wins the race, comes back with a little bit of a better buyer. And then if you look back in, in 2022, there's races that could beat this field. So oh, yeah. if you can get back to those races, that's what I'm looking for. So I'm hoping that this one is on the upswing, can maybe get back to that form from 2022. He's only, he's only four, so it's not like he's an older horse who can't recapture that form. So there's a little bit to like. Again, I don't love it. But I, I just think this one was one I landed on who I thought maybe could be on the upswing. Well, the, the Sire Mobile, I remember this horse. It was a really nice horse. Racing Canada mainly did come for the Arlington Million, actually. Yeah. Um, you see his buyers are really more of a uh, did a little better. Uh, well, I sh- I, yeah, better on turf. You know, I don't I think back then in, in, at Woodbine, these are actual dirt. This is dirt. This is not synthetic. I'm pretty sure in 04 and 05. Yeah, you're talking spotted. all graded stakes for the most part, but that's, that's this is a nice horse. Yeah, one yeah. point, almost 1.9 million. So um, distance shouldn't be a problem. Um, yeah, if he gets back to his previous races, that's my only concern. I've got him third. I, I wasn't sure he was as good as he was when he was three, but he very well maybe. And then our my top choice and your second choice, big truck for Smith and Rodriguez. I suppose you could say the same thing that we just said where maybe he was better last year, but I think he's better going long. I mean, when you look at his record, um, he looks like he's better. The distance you see here, the top right-hand corner, Pete, uh, I highlighted everything. Didn't mean to do that. Anyway, nine races, the distance, seven in the money, three wins. I think he's these, these lower buyers here, I think was somewhat a product of the distance. I think he wants to go long. Obviously, 
um, uh, by Bird Run, who was out of Birdstone. So he wants to go long. Is there enough speed to set it up? We'll see. Has won 358,000. Nice horse. Can I tell you the two things? No, I agree. Everything you said. And I think there's a, there's a little bit of speed here, not super fast, but there is some. The two things that concerned me were the two big, the two best races, three and four back, were both in the slop, both on muddy tracks, actually. And if you look up at the, at the wet yeah. record there, Good you're point. talking eight out of nine in, in the wet. And none of the wins, as you could see again at Thistle Down, 0 for 4 win, but only 1 for 4 in, in third. It's only hit third. So for some reason, the wins have been coming on off tracks and at other tracks. So that's what just scared me a little bit off. But again, I have the horse in second, so it was more of a lesser yeah. of many evils thing. But What's going on at Thistle? Are there sand pits? Are there like little... Well, this is what I don't like know. Divots like, in, the, in the dirt course, they got to jump over like Frogger to... What's I'm, going on with all I'm these telling you, I, don't like Thistle? What the hell's going on? I, I haven't seen that many. I kept noticing with so many of these horses where they're form was so different between these few Weird. different tracks that they run on and i was like Weird. i'm not used to that where usually you say maybe they like a track more but yeah. the form is like completely opposite on certain tracks which really threw me in some yeah. of these races uh this horse could wire take them wire to wire if he breaks he's a little bit inconsistent but i thought romantic cowboy was interesting i've got him second you got him third yeah, I, 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 that's another one, though, who I think seems to like the off tracks a bit. But I do think, yeah, there's speed here. Yeah. And I, I, I do think this one, there's the four, I think, is also speed. If four I'm, is if definitely I'm, speed, yep. So depending Cheaper on what speed, happens though. with the cheap speed, but it, it could be enough speed to annoy yeah. the nine enough or wear the nine out. It's not like the nine yeah. is used to holding very often. So A, a we'll horse see. that Paul would not bet because Rosario is riding. Oh, wait, not Joel Rosario. <laughs> I saw that. And I was like, oh, I wonder if they're are they related. Is that a cousin or something? I didn't know what was going yeah, on no. there. <laughs> By the way, uh, Joel, Joel, when I saw that today, wasn't Joel on American Rascal? Or, I or, believe so. Yes, he was. Yeah. So I didn't know if that was just a, hey, I took that horse in 19th place because I'm Joel and that's what I do. <laughs> uh, Raymond Cromley uh, started Thistle 1991. Uh Buddy Cunningham, the starting judge, helped me get started. Pretty cool, Raymond. That's so awesome, Raymond's man. got Raymond should have a big day at Thistle. He's got a little inside info. He said the horses usually come back sound because of the good cushioning. So maybe a little more give in the ground. Although Mahoney, they run more in the winter, and so it's going to be harder just harder, because yeah. of the of the surface. So that that's also um, a reason. All right, Pete, let's get on to the next race here. We got two more races to cover, and then we'll have Jim Miller on. Uh, this next race, it's the Lady Jacqueline. This is a nice race. This is an open company race. Really good. For, real, for fillies and mares, they're going two turns again, a mile and an eighth. It's a field of a, a 12, excuse me. And the Moorline favorite here is, let me take the banner off. Sorry, banner, banner. Here we go, Pete. Like I said. Oh, boy. Very similar. I know. Amazing, isn't it? Uh, let's see. A, a lot of heat on these horses. The more, What is the more line? Oh, eight. Interstate Daydream, a horse we've talked about on this show quite a bit. Yep. For Cox and Giroux. Last time I checked, Giroux had a pretty good night at Canterbury. Three wins. Uh, we talked to him personally. He was uh, a good guy. Um, let's see. You are well, – sorry, we're both going 4-8. So we are going with Le Davida, Chilean bred for – Nacho Correas and Cheminoud, the regular rider. What do you like about this one, Pete? Well, the, the biggest thing that I liked, and, and I don't know if this is the most reliable the, the most reliable reason, I just think there's a lot of speed in this race. And I think yeah. some of the horses who 
are the speed, aren't used to having other speed in them. And Interstate Daydream, the favorite, is one of them. So I felt like there's some horses who might be a little more uncomfortable on the lead if these horses go, which again, we always say we think it's going to do it on paper and it doesn't. So as I looked at it, I thought the four who again is going to be coming off the pace. So we're going to be relying on that, but had been really running against and and been losing to interstate daydream. But it was when interstate daydream in the last one was just crawling on the lead Two back was against secret oath, Clary air and interstate daydream with a slow pace. Yeah. Let's watch this race. Uh, uh, Le David is the one misty veils. Also in the race is the five interstate daydream is the two. So you want to pay attention to the one, two and five. And what you're going to see here is a very slow pace. As Pete mentioned, you see they went 24 and and one. Um, That's not too slow. They slowed it down. You see here, 48 and four, Pete, almost 49. The horse we like is in the back. I mean, it's just so hard to close into that. And he gets a good, he makes a nice run, but my one gee, concern, gee, he's on the wrong gee. lead the entire length of the stretch, Pete. Yes. He doesn't quite get there, but he is closing into a slow pace. I, this, this lead change is a concern for me, though. No, and the lead change, yeah, the the lead change, but the hope maybe I, I don't know maybe that was a maybe that was a tightener and wasn't as sharp. I didn't look at I don't I don't remember watching all the other replays to know if that was a consistent problem with this horse. But my thought I think he's was, been on the wrong lead before, but I didn't watch every. I, I sort of remember that's been an issue, but anyway, may, maybe he'll be better second off. Yeah, and she, by the way, you keep she, calling it a he, so that's a drink, by I? the way. Yeah, you said it the whole time when we were watching the race. So that's, well, I'm not going to lie to people at home. I'm working on like five hours of sleep, everyone. I'm not going to. Paul's I not a, here, so you have to murder the genders a little bit. By the way, speaking of Ben and Boozen, had, I had a few uh, beverages after the show last night. I would, I would uh, hope so. Nothing, was, nothing was, crazy. I mean, Was I it at the Hold'em table or no? <laughs> Actually, it wasn't the whole oh, day. It was because I played a little bit. Listen, I was. It was a fun night, so uh, it wasn't that late to be honest. I got back to the hotel at like midnight, but I had a, a seven forty-five flight. So anyway, excellent. Whatever. By yeah. the way, we were talking about this being a tough race. So I currently have five horses on the A line. So it's not like again, this Whoa. wasn't a super confident. They're, they wouldn't make like oh. the A line depending upon what the final, you know, when I finally yeah. do it. But as I go through each race, I sort of bucket who I think could win the race. And I had five horses yeah. out of what are we? There's only nine in, or 10 in here. Oh, no, actually, 11, 12. 12. Oh, 12. shoot. So it's not that bad. It's not even half the no. field. So it's just a lot of A's. But yeah, that, I mean, but we, it's I, wide I, open. Let's talk about the A a little more, Pete. Uh, probably the best speed of the speed. But like you said, there is other speed. I think what the three. Let me just, uh, sorry for scrolling everyone at home this quickly, but uh, I know the three red hot last. I mean, she has to go, right? I think she's probably faster than Interstate Daydream. Just Definitely. Not so is the nine, I think, as well. There's a lot of outside speed, right? If I recall, let's see. The nine, yes, yeah, Secret the Fix, absolutely. It's fast. The nine very is fast. fast. Yeah. Uh, and improving out of Secret, uh, by Secret Circle. So, uh, interesting. Uh, the 10 also is, is not very good based on the rest of the competition, but she wants to go. I think that yeah, the 12's got the 12's gonna have to use a little bit. It sure looks like there's gonna be some speed on the outside and on the inside. So that's why I think we've interstate daydream only second here. Yeah, you and know, I was I was even scared. Race. I was actually even scared of that. So I was even scared of having her in second, but she just always seems to run her race for the most part. I mean, she's she's pretty consistent. She's two for two at this distance, too. But again, I don't know if that's because she likes to get on the lead or be close and she She's just tactical enough where she could run her race. So maybe going a little longer, she doesn't have to deal with super fast paces. 
at this longer distance. So again, I don't know if that's going to happen here. So if somebody said to me, they wanted to toss this horse, I'd be, I'd be, I would probably say, yeah, knock yourself out to toss the favorite here, but she's just so she's consistent. She's high quality. She's been running against really good horses and it's Cox and Giroux who are, you know, they're always, they're, they always have to play them or at least consider them when you, especially when you're doing a pick five. So there's not yeah. a lot of knocks on this horse. Again, my biggest knock is can she hold when there's other pace pressure? Uh, here's one of your horses. I don't know if he's still one of your horses. She still she, is. I was going to mention right? that. And I didn't, I didn't have her in my top three, yeah. which I didn't last time either, by the way, on the show when she ran second, because yeah. we did that race. Amos. I mean, I see no reason why this horse can't win my race horse, 63 caliber just ran a career top. I'm a little bit dubious of that. Um, and she's come back relatively quick, but Amos, when Amos gets horses good, um, they can get really good. See who's your Philly in the dictionary for that one. So yeah. maybe this horse is just coming around. I mean, she's by gun runner. The, the, the talent is there. If she's putting it together, she's a major player here at five to one morning line feet. Wow. Yeah. And she's, she's when she runs her best races, when she's tactical and could sit up relatively yeah. close. So if you can get her up close, then I think she's dangerous because my fear and the reason I didn't have her in the last one, I thought maybe off those last, those first two races, I was like, man, maybe she just lost it. I mean, even though those were high quality fields, she just ran horrible. I mean, in three back was the favorite and got sort of killed. So maybe she's coming around. Hopefully that's the case. She's been training pretty well. So I, she's definitely not one I'm going to leave off. I'm not going to lose when, if she wins, I'm not going to lose the pick five. I can tell you that much. Raymond's got some inside intel, so I have to show some comments from him. Pete says you don't yeah. want to be farther, uh, too far back. Um, the farther than fifth, I don't, I don't know why he's coming up with that particular <laughs> number. I think there's a lot of other factors other than just coming up with a fifth. But we understand what you're saying, Raymond. You don't want to be too far back on this track, in his opinion, entering the final turn. We'll see how the track plays. I think the weather is fine. Look, Pete, I've been busy. I don't know. I have no idea what the hell the weather is going to be like in Ohio on Saturday. I will. I don't know how it's been like in. Um, in Maryland, but it's been very dry in Midwest uh, lately, like the last like month. I mean, we had like getting the drought conditions. I mean, it's, it's been beautiful. It has not been hot. So it's been terrific weather, but it's been very dry. And so yeah. um, I'm assuming it's been that way in Ohio, although I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I know. Um, you're, you're the, you're the weather man on the show. So I don't, we don't check. We wait for you to do it. <laughs> I'm not doing it tonight. People can check the weather. Uh, Amos apparently is very good at thistle, and that's two S's, Raymond, by the way, just to let you know. But, hey, who cares about that? Because I'm calling he's she's tonight. So, I mean, she's That's he's. like famous Amos cookies, the way he spelled it, which is which is high-quality cookies anyway. So I'm down with that. Pete, it's the Ohio Derby. Let's get to it here. It's the last race. It's the feature race. It's a grade three. Uh, you know, uh, let me show the race here. Pete, your general feeling really quick on these like minor derbies. You've got, you know, the Ohio, Ohio, West Virginia, Indiana, et cetera. My feelings, I like these races. I mean, not everyone can compete in these grade ones. The purses usually are fantastic. Usually you get pretty big fields. And then on occasion, you get some horses that were allowance horses that really step up their game, become players in a three-year-old division. So I like these midsummer kind of Midwestern derbies. I think they're fun. No, I, I agree with you. The only difference is we generally don't get the top who we consider to be the top notch horses in these, which is so it's rare when that happens. Usually we get the hey, we were in the triple crown season. These horses ran OK. They you know, they weren't type quite up to that grade one like you're talking about level 
or they're ones that are moving up into the graded stakes level for the first time, like you said. But here we're getting, you know, we're getting the second place derby horse. And, and it wasn't a fluke. This was a horse that a lot of people liked going into the derby. So it's a little bit different here. But I agree with you. I love all these races. They're usually pretty competitive. And let's let's not uh, give too much short trip to Bishop's Bay, who ran a big race. Um, in the Peter Pan, and just lost to Archangelo. Yeah, that horse was decent, back. right? Archangelo, I've yeah, heard of that one before. Came back and won the Belmont. So I think most people are going to see this as a two-horse race. Pete, I don't know. Let's see what you have to say here as I go ahead and switch to the banners. I sort of hinted that we'd be similar tonight, and there you go. How about that, Pete? Wow. 437, boom. Just bet 437, triple, pound it for 100 Cold. times, and it's all good. <laughs> won't pay much, but listen, uh, you can hit it. Anyway, no, we're both going two fills. I'm not getting cheeky here neither are you uh two fills was my personal top pick in the derby on this show and i thought he just ran a monstrous race in the derby made the first move we all watched it the thing that i do like about two fills here let me i'll just go and talk first yeah please um people might compare two fills to king's barns in the respect that these are horses coming off of efforts in the Derby and you want to bet against them and they're monster favorites, blah, blah, blah. Right. To me, this is a completely different situation. First of all, two fills is a better horse beat. Number one, number two, it's an extra week of rest. Number three, they're point. They've been pointed this race really very quickly after the Derby. They said they were not running the Preakness. I, I don't think the Belmont was really a strong consideration for them from the start. And they they they're really pointing towards some of the Saratoga races and probably the Penn Derby, et cetera. So they've been always pointing here. And his work pattern uh, has been not only steady, but very good. When we get Jim Miller on the show here, Pete, yeah. we'll have him comment because, of course, he works out at Hawthorne. So I see zero chinks in his armor whatsoever. Um, he doesn't lay over the field by the buyers other than the Derby. So... I suppose that is one thing that you could point to. But the one thing I like, well, one of many things I like about two fills here is he's sitting outside the main competition, the main speed here. It looks like he's going to get a great trip. There's not a lot of speed to his outside. I mean, the main competition to his outside here, Lord Miles, is sort of a stalker closer type. And Hayden Strike is definitely a closer. You can see the field. So there's no one like on the outside that's going to be pressing down on him. And I think two fills can get any kind of trip that he wants with a very talented Bishop's Bay, definitely going to show speed. And then, of course, Henry Q with Carmouche, which I think is a very interesting jockey booking. You know he's going. I just don't think he classes up. It looks to me, Pete, like the one and three are just going to go out there. The three is going to sit off the one. Two fills are going to sit off both of them and go by as he pleases if he's good enough. And I see no reason why eight to five, a complete pipe dream. I say, I say three to five, three to five. Yep. There's my take on two fills. What else do you want to add? I agree. Everything you said. And the only can, the one thing you mentioned about from a buyer standpoint is if, if the Derby was the only sort of strong buyer, then I would definitely agree with you. You're like, Hey, was that a little fluky? But I think we actually thought that going into the Derby was was that 101 in in the Jeff Ruby? Was that really the outlier? Was it yep. the synthetic that raised him up? But then when he came back and repeated it, don't forget in some of those in those Derby preps, he actually ran very strong races similar to what he did in the Derby, where he was where he was on the lead or on, up close 
to hot paces and was still the one who was always able to hold strong. Now he wasn't winning those races, but he was able to hold. And, and I think that's why people liked him going into the Derby. To me, if you don't win this race, like he has to win this race. If you're going to be a serious contender in, you know, the Travers and in the future, the future big races coming up. I don't, I just think he should beat this field. Bishop's Bay is a nice horse He's quality, but I don't think he should be on the level of where two fills is right now, if all goes to plan. Yeah, I, I, I do agree with you. I, I, I'll, I'll push back a little bit. Like, if he doesn't win this race, I'm not going to say he can't win the Travers. But... Oh, no, I'm not saying he can't, but I'm saying it would be disappointing, and I think this should be a springboard to bigger and better things. My, my, the one thing about two fills and boy, it's just timing fantastic. Cause I think we're going to bring on someone in, in the green room, not this very moment. Cause we don't want to see a mouth full of food, from <laughs> him. but no one knows what we're talking about, except you and I. So Jim, we're, we're not going to bring on this very second, but, uh, <laughs> um, I, I'm getting a better appreciation of deeper services, Pete. And the reason is because I've actually walked on some services recently, which I never thought I was, but I was at the Derby, uh, last night at Canterbury, I walked on that track. Um, my point here is we know that the Churchill Downs is has been favoring, uh, can favor turf horses to some extent. Like turf horses can run and sin horses have proven they can run well on uh, the Churchill dirt. Uh, Canterbury, to me, was a little bit deeper surface. I'm sure Thistle Downs is more of a, a deeper dirt surface, as Raymond alluded to. Two Phil's best buyer on, you know, a real, maybe a deeper dirt surface is still only an 86. Now, uh, I will talk to Jim Miller in a second how that's how deep a surface Hawthorne is in general. That's my only concern. He hasn't like proven it on a on a what I'd say a true dirt course, but I'm he's been working lights out at Hawthorne, which I know obviously is is pretty much a, a true dirt course. So that's my only concern. We talked about Bishop. Well, real Bay. quick on real quick on that, Ravelli has had some pretty good success here at Thistle as well. So yeah. Presumably, he knows the track and knows whether it would be suitable. So yep. you have to put a little bit of faith, and maybe Jim can expound on that as well. I, I Bishop's Bay is a B, uh, Pete. And full disclosure, people get the power picks will see. I have two fills A, Bishop's B. Me too. Bishop's Bay. Bishop's B. B. Say that yeah. ten times fast. <laughs> and that's it. That's all I've got. That's I exactly what I have. Yep, exactly okay, well, what I have. You know what, Pete? Th I, I know he lost Archangelo. This horse has got talent. And the one thing I do like about Bishop's Bay is I'm almost guaranteed he's going to get a great trip. He's going to sit outside of Henry Q. He's going to go by as he pleases. I, I think we both would agree with that. If two fills maybe just gets in a little bit of trouble, doesn't break, I, Bishop's Bay should get first run. I would not be shocked if this horse wins. We'll, we'll get Jim Miller's opinion. I think this is a pretty talented horse. I would not overlook him. People are going to just single two fills and think it's a free square. I'm not so sure. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, I, I definitely wouldn't talk anybody off of that because it is one where you say, I'm either going to take two fills or I'm going to try and beat two fills in a lot of cases. But the problem with Bishop's Bay is I think two fills can be just as quick as Bishop's Bay if he needs to. You think? And I think, yeah, I mean, two fills right. has sat on and sat closer to faster paces than Bishop's yep. Bay has uh, run and Bishop's point. Bay he sits in first or second but yep. they're not super fast so I think yeah, they're maybe true. in the same I think Bishop's Bay is a little bit faster but I think two fills could be if he needed to and I think two fills is used to passing horses and and being able to go by I did hear on some show about Bishop's Bay that he has a tendency to wait on horses 
when yeah. he strikes the lead. And if you do that, it's you saw what happened. Archangelo was able to beat him. If two fills, if he sort of waits on two fills, he might be in trouble because two fills will blow by him oh, yeah, if he, he sort of waits on him. So he's going to have to, like when you said, when he clears and he gets first run, he's going to yes. have to kick away in order to hold two fills. I, I agree. Like Drew did with Regal Round last night, right? He's just got to, if he gets, if he takes over, he's. I think he knows these guys get some separation from two fills if he wants yeah. to win. Tom Espinosa is going 4-3-1, Michael Oson. <laughs> Four, three, one. Lon wants to join the show. Like he wants to be on the screen here. Lon, you gotta, <laughs> Lon, you gotta have a special link to get on the uh, show. Uh, but maybe, Lon, maybe we'll get you on sometime, buddy. We have had, we have had viewers and fans on the show, like in our earlier days. So maybe we'll bring some of that back, Pete. Um, yeah. I'm sure some people would love to uh, come on. So. Alon, maybe we'll do that, but no, you can't join us on screen here unless you have a, <laughs> a special link. Uh, let, let's talk about this race a little more since he's waiting patiently, and then we'll get on to Hawthorne. Uh, from Hawthorne Racecourse, uh, I can't say enough good things about uh, this guy. I know he's going to have some strong opinions about two fills, and I'm assuming most of I'm them. I'm going to guess he's going to pick two fills. That's my. That's my. That's hmm. about as odds-on as Victor Wembanyama just going first to the Spurs. I, I'm pretty sure they're about the same odds right there. Yeah, about right there. You going with two fills? You have to. I mean, you have to. But but here's the reason why, too, guys. And I know you've talked a little extensively about it. It's a smart move for Larry Ravelli. You look at kind of how he did everything leading up to the Derby, too. He said that the best thing that could have happened is what happened in the Jeff Ruby Stakes, that they didn't have to work real hard to win the race. Then he took that time going into the Derby, and you saw a bang-up race in the Derby. So, no point coming back for the Preakness. No point coming back for the Belmont. Pick and choose your time. Know that the horse can work its way into the races and run a really good race. And that's what he's been able to do. They're going to pick their spots right now, space out their races. They had a goal of the Derby. They probably have a goal of the Breeders' Cup Classic at the end. So it's a matter of what happens in between. This is the type of horse, guys, that probably only has to run, even if they want to shoot for the Breeders' Cup Classic, two races, maybe a max of three in between the Derby and the classic and the horse will be just fine. Uh, I'll tell you what, I, I got to give the connections credit because there's a lot of pressure to run two fills in the Preakness and the Belmont, yeah. you know, you know, they've been chirping, you know, all these other tracks and in a good way. And some people in a negative way, like why isn't this horse running? Uh, he's sticking to his guns, man. He knows yeah. the horse best. I got to give him a lot of credit. Here's my question for you, Jim. Um, which of these three would you choose uh, if two fills loses, let's say you would be absolutely floored, shocked, one of the biggest upsets of the year. You'd be a little surprised or not surprised at all. A, a if, little if surprised, a little surprised, just because Bishop's okay. Bay is a legitimate racehorse, and, and okay. it's one of those things. And, and I think you guys are right in your assessment of the race. It's a two horse race. It's two fills, Bishop's Bay. If you want to use both of them on a ticket, that's fine. If you want to take a stance, that's fine too. But to me, it's those two horses in the race. Um, the one thing Pete said that he, I think he was right on, if two fills wants to go, they can have the lead too in the spot. So I don't think they're going to let Bishop's Bay get away. I definitely do not think they're going to go out there and just kind of walk the dog on the front end. I think the pace will either be honest with two fills right there with Bishop's Bay, or I expect two fills even to be on the lead. I, I don't think they're going to mess around in this oh, spot. Wow. The horse is fit and ready to go. But you saw in the Derby, he was up there with a 45 half. And he was able to run on in the lane going a mile and a quarter. So you're going a shorter distance. Bishop's Bay is at, what, 47 and change, 48 type of horse to the half? Maybe if he gets pushed along 46. But if he goes 46 to the half, he's probably not going to be there in the end either, whereas two fills has shown that he may be able to stick around. 
I, I think uh, we're going to move on from the race. I, 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 I'd be surprised who fills on the lead. I really think he's going to sit third, but a comfortable third, just behind those. I think Henry Q has got to go from the inside with Carmouche, so he's going, Jim. I, well, I think and, if, and if Henry right, and if Henry Q goes with Bishop's Bay, then it's perfect. Loveberry gets the dream yeah. trip. You, you Not, sit right behind there and then just wait, and then you probably run away and win like you did with the Jeff Ruby stage. Yeah, Jim, I think he attacks him right on the turn. If he's sitting third, I yeah. think he attacks him just to not take any chances of letting them get away. Cause right. he, he, we could obviously he has the stamina. We know yeah. that. And he has the stamina into decent paces. So I think he right. attacks him on the turn, gets the lead and doesn't even make it a question. Yeah. And the one uh, other note that you had Howard about a, a depth of a surface Hawthorne is a relatively deeper surface surface. Okay. And especially for training, it's just a little bit easier on the horses and that we put a lot of moisture in the track in the mornings too, for workouts, but it is a little bit of a deeper racetrack, so that won't have any issue for the horse uh, transitioning over to Thistledown. It's probably actually a relatively similar surface. Cool. By the way, sport the Hawthorne hat tonight, Jim, because yeah, it's, it's a, a huge, a huge, huge weekend we're going to talk about here in a second. Pete, real, we'll just leave Jim on screen here, if you don't mind, for the huh? our pick fives real quick. Pete, you're going 238 with 3456 with 6789. It should be with 9, 10, 11, 12, but you know, with uh <laughs> with four, six, eight, nine. With four, you're singling two fills, $96. But you have some price in there, so you can get paid before two fills wins at three to five, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to be eight to five. If you get that line, <laughs> I mean, go, go run into the window. We go, yeah, we go to the bank and, and yeah. get to withdraw some money at that point. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I and I won't get into too much. I won't waste too much time. It's basically, I feel like the first four races – are sort of spready. So if, if you have the single at the end, again, like you said, but we, we talk about this a lot when there's not low favorites in any of those other four races, I think the favorites are going to be in the three to one, seven to two range. We've seen that on the morning line. I think if you get enough, even if you get like, Hey, I got a five to one shot. I got a three to one shot. Then I get the chalk at the end. You can get a decent payment anyway. And you just press it. If you need to, you sort of windle it down a bit, do a press ticket with the four at the end. And then uh, maybe you could spread a little bit in those other ones and hope to catch a real good price. Pete, we got a lot of people watching, but I got to say I'm a little disappointed. Only 11 likes. Come on, people. Come 11 on, people. likes for this That's video with Jim Miller and Pete bring, talk about two fills. Come on. Show us some love, people. Hit that. Is that, is that the power of Paul? I mean, video it must player. be they're missing go. Paul. Yeah. Let's go. I assume we have no dislikes. When we have Paul, we get the dislikes. So that's, that's true. We don't have any dislikes yet, but you yes. just you just so guaranteed now we're gonna have some dislikes <laughs> just by saying that, Pete. Um, here's my pick five. Um, eighty four bucks. I'm very sprayed. I don't trust a lot of horses in the first two races, especially Pete. I'm going one, two, three, five, seven, eight, nine, with two, three, five, six. With eight, nine, with four, six, eight, with four, I'm going a lot less deep in the third leg than you are. Although, if on a bigger budget, I would go deeper there. Uh, and again, I want to make it clear to everyone that we would use Bishop's Bay in an ABC format for sure. So we are not saying that two fills is like some slam dunk in this race, uh, in the last race at all in Ohio Derby, although he's a very likely winner um pete i think that's going to take care of your portion unless you like to add anything else going on in your life this weekend uh no uh, anything else nothing too exciting just to, I'm, I'm, I'm actually i'll listen in i like to hear about the uh jim's going to talk about the the upcoming tournament that's a big deal so I'll, yes, that, that'll be curious so you let you guys get into that all i have Would to you say is, stay on the screen and stay with us if you you're going to talk about people? that next yeah i'll sit on just for okay, that great yeah all right well, let's do that so uh jim uh 
welcome back, of course, to the show. <laughs> Appreciate all of you having a, a good week. Um, Hawthorne, before yeah. we talk about the Hawthorne Derby, which is Sunday, and I was I caught some of your simulcast feed uh, last night from Canterbury. I was live out there. We had a great time. If you have any chance, Jim, you should check it out. We had Ron oh, Drew yep. live after a race. Yep. I actually physically ran across the finish line <laughs> before the race, and Pete said I got an eight buyer, but I'm going to contest that. I think I, I think I was a little more like a 15 buyer, Jim. I'm, I got to talk to Craig Bolkowski. I think and see if the see if the time was off. But the run up distance was off. Exactly, up. something was you know, off. Jim, we yeah, should yeah. do something live at Hawthorne. We really had a great time at at Canterbury, doing a lot of live stuff. You, you and I will talk. We should do a live podcast from Hawthorne. So, we it was a lot of fun. So I and you talk about foot races on the track. Many years ago, when uh, Katie Michele was working with me at Hawthorne, she yeah. challenged me to a foot race, and I told her oh. that was not a good idea. Wow! But she did it anyway. So we went out there and I won the foot race and we have the photo of it. But here's the thing. The loser had to wait for the pond in the infield to freeze over. And we have a little (laughs) island about five feet wide in the middle of the pond. And the loser had to walk out to the pond in the winter and do a pre-race paddock from out there. So Katie did a pre-race from out there one day. So when you come over and want to do any type of those things, there's always a little, little wager on the line too. So feel free. We'll have some fun with it. We'll go from there. I think oh I think Jim is about one to twenty in a foot race. Yeah, no, that, no offense, wow, Howard. Wait, wait a minute, now I've, I've been losing. I've been getting yeah. in shape. But, but Jim's no, got Jim, that. Jim's got that like marathon running. Look well, he's also him, like right? eight feet yeah. tall. He kicked my ass. <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah, he's got those right, long, right. long strides. Exactly. He's got that Usain Bolt stride to him. Probably. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, as I'm, I'm actually don't see you guys on the screen. You know what? I'm going to apologize, Jim. I was looking for the video. We've shown the video a bunch of times, the NHC video. I was, yeah. I was looking for it. I couldn't find it. Let's talk it this weekend. You got two big contests, one that the public knows, one that most people don't know. Uh, yep. NHC, huge contest opportunities, Saturday and Sunday. I'll let you talk all about it. Uh, for people, again, the last thing I will say before you expound is you do have to be in the Chicago area. Yep. There are many great OTBs here, uh, and, and they're all excellent with great food and et cetera. So you do have to be here in person. But, Jim, talk about the NHC opportunities Saturday and Sunday this weekend. Yeah, so the cool thing about, like you mentioned, it's at six of our OTB locations. So they're in the northern suburbs and suburbs closer to Hawthorne. So we do spread it out a little bit there. They're all great locations. Food, drink, you can spend the day. The thing about our contest is this. There's no entry fee, so that's the first thing for players. Second, it's a $500 bankroll, but you keep what you make. So if you have a good day and you don't win the contest, it's not like you've lost that $500 either. You're going to walk home with every dollar you've wagered. So if you plan to go out to the races and bet any track, too, and bet about that amount of money, jump in the contest. Because we don't say, oh, you have to bet one track or you have to bet these mandatory races for our contest. We allow the players to focus on whatever their circuit is. So we have some Southern California players that come in. We have Kentucky players, New York, Florida, you name it. People can focus on that. But it is. It's like a day at the races. You can bet multi-race wagers. You can bet your pick wagers or if you're a win place type of better. So it gives you all those opportunities. But we give over 20 NHC seats away through awesome. these type of contests each and every year. And then on Sunday, we have the Horse Players Invitational where three people are actually going to qualify from the Saturday contest to play in the Invitational on Sunday. So we have a field of 56. It's going to become 59. It was almost 60. But, Howard, 
we're gonna miss you, my friend. But uh, I'll tell you. Yeah, I, I just let people know I had to bow out. I've got a family obligation that I just that was switched. Pete, I'm really. I was wondering because we they they put the, somebody put the list yeah. on. I don't uh, know if it was Hoth or Jim put the yep. list on Twitter and they're like, what I'll happened? Tell you about I'm like, it, Pete, oh uh, man, he got he got. I thought maybe he just got <laughs> disinvited by Jim. No, I mean, no, no. Pissed him off. Possible too, yeah, but yeah. um, but, no, I honestly there's a family uh, reunion that I have to go to. The, the, the dates were switched. Nobody consulted the hell out of me, of course. <laughs> Because um, I was I was double dipping Jim for sure. I mean, I was playing. In All the players time. are going to, and uh, maybe there'll be a proxy. There'll be no, no, I'm no proxy. Um, th- there'll be other opportunities. I do appreciate the invite, but yeah, I'm gonna have to uh, take a pass this year. But anyway, but go th- ahead. This is, it's going to be a yearly thing. And when you looked at the list, and Pete, you saw the list. I mean, there's NHC winners, there's Breeders' Cup betting challenge winners, there's tour champions, there's people that have qualified multiple times upon multiple times. It's such a fun contest, and that's one of the things where we want everybody to come out there, and they kind of test their ability. We talked to Matt Miller earlier on in the year about the way he plays contests, and he takes those opportunities to really go after some of these uh, plays and and maybe make a big splash. Some days it works, some days it doesn't, but when it does, he does really well, and a lot of these players are like that. So they're going to take their chances, and the cool thing about it is we broadcast it on our YouTube channel, and we talk strategy. You can see what happens over the course, oh, not nice. only of the mandatory races, but these optional races too, and see the way players strategize. Last year, everybody stayed kind of bunched together right around that $2,500 starting mark till the end. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. Somebody's going to jump out there, have seven, eight, ten thousand dollars $10,000, and then have to determine how they play things later. The last race of the tournament is the seventh race on our card on Sunday. It's a really good allowance field there, and they have to bet $750 on it. So that's going to be kind of where things may shift a little bit in the end. But it's very strategic for the contest. It's a lot of fun. And when you have these season tournament players, you can learn so much as a better. So much not only from contest play, but day-to-day play as well and the way they really look and uh, think about it. So it's definitely worth, even if you're playing the races, have a second screen on with the YouTube channel and follow along with the contest. Yeah, it was a yeah. who's who of handicappers. It really when is. At the, when you looked at the list, it was all the names. Sorry, Howard, I didn't mean to cut you off. Real quick, last only question I had, Jim, is there a way to track the leaderboard or anything? Or is it is it online yep. or something? No, yeah, we do We do an updated leaderboard on our website. So at HawthorneRaceCourse.com, you click on the contest link. And we do updated leaderboards about every half hour. So anytime we have a mandatory race, we'll update the leaderboard. But then, of course, throughout the course of the day, because people do jump in with those optional plays and you see movement, everybody's like, well, what happened? And that's the cool thing about these players, too, is when somebody makes a move, we're able to grab them and say, "Okay, hey, you just boosted up twelve hundred dollars. Well, we didn't have a mandatory race. Where did you play? What was the thought process and what was the logic? So something where we're going to be out there for four to five hours for the YouTube channel following things along it is it's a fun contest it's a lot of work done by our crew but as you see the field is awesome it's something that is ever expanding and uh, it is it's a really good contest yeah i was there last year pete it was tremendous and uh, i believe ed DeRosa is also going to be yep, that's there coming uh, in. Yep. as well because jim F's, of course needs to be at the track sylvain is from canada uh, jim wants to know Will Canadians ever be able to play from Canada? What's the plan going forward? How much control do you have over that? So we do things a couple different ways. We have our online contest, too, and we're actually about to start another one, which will also have an NHC qualifying seat for that. So you can sign up for that contest and play. Um, we just finished one. Uh, Mike Wilkening battled, uh, held off Justin Dew near the end to win that contest. But we will have those online contests that you can jump in. And of course, if you want to come in, I mean, we try to focus around our OTB locations, but you can fly in and play at any of our contests or on site when we have them at Hawthorne too. 
Awesome. Uh, we appreciate that. Pete, I think this is probably a good time to let you go. And Jim, I'll talk about yep. uh, the pick four. J uh, Pete, thanks for uh, joining us. Good luck at Thistle Downs on Saturday or any other wagers. And uh, we'll talk in soon, my friend. You too. Good luck this weekend, Jim. Thanks, yeah, Pete. thanks, Pete. See you. Take care, guys. All righty. Pete Visco. Uh, Jim, let's jump right in. The pick four, and let me put up uh, some banners here. The late pick four on Sunday. Again, this is Sunday, everyone. Uh, and here's Jim's picks in the four races. Actually starts with a stake, which is great. Yeah, that's it starts Derby, yeah. with the Hawthorne Derby. Now, originally, Jim, I thought you said this would be the last race of the contest. Yep. So maybe a, they, you guys made a change, which I think is interesting. Yep. Um, maybe it's because the field size, I'm guessing. I don't know. You could tell me. But and, and, that, and that's exactly what it is. And it's one okay. of those things that's really weird because this time of year, the Hawthorne Derby always used to be in the fall. Now, right. you had just had the Canterbury Derby a couple yep. of days ago that you were there for. Monmouth yeah. has a race at the same exact purse, four three-year-olds on the turf on Sunday. And then Ellis Park actually hung an allowance race that is drawing some three-year-olds into that that were nominated it's... to the Hawthorne Derby. So it's – it's uh... I and, and I'll admit, it's probably a poor job by everybody all around and because it's six-horse field here, six-horse field here, six-horse field here. Um, but what it does is we had to kind of pivot a little bit in regards to the contest because when we originally looked at this, there were 31 nominations for the Hawthorne Derby. So we figured 31 nominations, you're probably going to have a field of nine, nine to 10, 11. And it's one of those things. And uh, thank you, Raymond there. Um, but uh, it, it's true. So when it ended up with six, we said, hey, we're going to pivot. We have another very good turf race that we can close out the contest with, but uh, still want to have the Hawthorne Derby in the mix. So yeah, you look at the field here and I'll tell you, Thank you to Manny Perez. He kind of saved this race. He put three horses in this race to uh, help it go, and uh, we'll see kind of how things unfold. But the question is, what do you do with the Mike Maker horse, a horse that was really well-regarded last year and kind of has tailed off a little bit in these last couple, but he comes into the spot, and you know he's going to be the heavy favorite in there. Yeah, well, I, I have the PPs uh, tonight because I thought it would be important. You got really good, who's 7-5 to five for Maker, and the horse you're going with is – uh, act of fool nine yep. to five for Ravelli. Um, this is a speed horse um, who has never been on turf, but boy, look, how about this breeding Oscar performance out of a quality road uh, mare. So you would think that wouldn't be a problem. I did see, unfortunately, Ravelli, what he lost with the two to five, I think uh, yesterday, or was it Wednesday? Yeah, or, yesterday. Yeah, be my bestie on the turf. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Lost to a two to five. We were watching that live actually. Uh, uh, when I was uh, before we went on, we were watching some Hawthorne, but I'm sure he's hoping this horse won't be two to five. But um, is he loose? I he's, guess you he, think he will be. I, I think he will be. He's the one I like in the race, and I like him for two reasons. First off, because I do think he's going to be loose, and I like the race progression here. But here's the other thing again, in the new age of Hissa, you can't run a stake race on Lasix anymore. Well, yeah. Act of Fool ran his debut on Lasix, and you saw it ran terrible on the synthetic. He came off Lasix for that second start, and then all of a sudden it was big race, big race, big race with improvement each and every start out. Now everybody else has been running on Lasix in their recent starts. They have to come back off because it's a stake race. Well, Act of Fool has shown that he doesn't need the Lasix. And you're looking at a course here at Hawthorne and, and in the Chicagoland area, we've been in a massive drought of late. So yeah, we are, we're yeah. doing everything we can to keep enough water on the turf course, but it's going to be firm. Even if you get a little bit of rain, because there is some rain in the forecast Sunday, it's going to take a whole lot of rain to take it off this turf course. So plan on a turf race, and then we'll see kind of how things unfold. And, uh, hey, that one you have right there on your screen, you talk about an impressive victory last out without a deductions. This horse ran a massive race in that spot. Massive. 
And actually that race was part of a pick four that we discussed because yep. we, we thought that race was wide open, if you remember, and he just blew the doors off of everyone. It was a pretty fast pace though. So it's set up. The thing is um, he's got to be, he cannot be that far back. I don't think he's going to be that far back. And um, I didn't look at this race in detail, Jim, to be honest, but if I did, I think I might go with this one and just hope that he's an improving sort that, you know, won't be too far back. I'm looking at the weather forecast. Also, we got scattered thunderstorms, thunderstorms Sunday, yep. 67% chance of rain. My guess, and and you're going to have a, a, a somewhat of a say of this, I, I would assume that um, unless there's like lightning or extreme downpours, yeah. the turf course can take a lot of rain right now. So even if you get a thunderstorm, I mean, this race isn't coming off unless it's just torrential, right? I, I would think. You, talk, you talk about having a lot of say, I have the lone say. So it's oh, my determination. Like, if no, if you got I mean, obviously yeah. it's got to be safe. Like, let's take lightning. Oh, I, mean, I mean, if there's if there's lightning, we hold them in the paddock. Um, how much? How much? How much uh, moisture can the turf take? You're you're going to need probably an inch of rain to take it off. Okay. So you're you're going to need a lot of rain to take things off. So usually okay. scattered thunderstorms means just that scattered thunderstorms. Right. You may get some here. You may get some okay. there. The the course is just going to suck everything up. But uh, yeah, kind of looking at things. And here's the question too, Howard is. I mean, I, I did go three deep when we get to my pick four, and we'll talk about that. But it's only for the fact that you know everybody's going to look at the connections and see Mike Maker and see turf and see a horse that ran in the juvenile turf. And all of that is going to be the reason why this horse will take a lot of action. But when you look figures-wise, the horse is basically just right there with yeah. everybody else in the yeah, race. Bueno. So it's going to come down to just kind of what the better shoes to do in here. Maybe they don't send the horse off at that short of a price, but maybe they do just because of the connections. Well, since I'm not playing the contest, I feel much more willing to say how I feel about this race. Not that yeah. anyone in the contest would would uh, would agree with what I would do on the, uh, you know what I'm about to present. I would absolutely a pound. I would Dutch a five six exacta. So I would go five six uh, strongly or or six five depending on what I like. I would play one more than the other. I would toss the one complete out of the exacta. I just he Mike Maker had a horse that was two to one morning line. Last night at Canterbury in the turf sprint, Artemis City Limits, who did not run well. Um, I understand why you have him seven to five because of the connections, but I'd be five, six, six, five all over in this race. Yeah, and you're and right, and you may get some value there because everybody's going to work so. everything around the one yeah. horse. So right. it's definitely a race where you have the potential to uh, make a little bit of a, a score in a shorter field, too. Let's go on the next race. And you see his picks on the bottom of the screen, everyone. Jim Miller from Hawthorne Race Course. Nice allowance, optional 62. Yeah. Five here. It's a field of eight. Moyne line favors number three. Looking for Bala. I'm not familiar with this uh, um, trainer. You can tell us about him. Yeah. Uh, Giles, I know. Um, you are going where? You're going with the two. Call, Call me Iceman. Iceman uh, Michael Campbell and Julio. Uh, so Eddie Essen Price was uh, at one time the president of the Illinois HBPA down at Fairmont Park. So that's kind of there where he's stationed there. And looking for Bala has actually raced very well at Hawthorne. So that's the thing. You look at some of those races, especially over the course of the fall, those were pretty good races there. You have a stakes victory. That last out was a huge effort. And that's a big race over at Fairmont Park because that's a track that's actually relatively deep too. So even to go in 111, you're, you're moving along a little bit there, but was in full control. So the question for this race, though, is the one ribs on a roll can show speed. The six Eli's Promise can show speed. You have some horses there that can go out and kind of push things along. So yeah. for me, I wanted to find a horse that was going to settle a little bit off the pace, then look to come running at him. It doesn't need to be too far back, but the two call me Iceman 
some really good races, the Tampa Bay Downs. I think they were probably in just a little bit too tough in that last out. And the winner of that race was uncashed, a Larry Ravelli horse in there. But yeah. the races at Tampa Bay Downs were actually pretty solid. And I just think it's the right trip. Settles behind what could be a two or three horse pace battle up front and then comes running at him. And I think you'll get a little bit of a price on the horse as well. I agree, and has also been working well locally here over the strip. I'm not a fan of the the fact that he's in for 62.5, but yeah. because of the condition, they have no choice because he's past right. his N2X, so or right. N1X, excuse me. So he's got and nobody and nobody will jump in for that price. Nobody's going to take him for 62.5. Okay. All right, let's go on to the next race. Again, I hope people that are playing in the contest or watching will find out that we're talking about it because this is excellent advice. But not only for the – when I say the contest, I meant the invite, Jim. But yeah. I really should be talking about the NHC because anyone locally or is going to be playing, these are – you can play any track you want. But right. if you're going to play Hawthorne, this is great advice. I mean, you could you could just pound a 5-6 exacta or a 6-5 exacta in the Hawthorne Derby and qualify for the NHC. If you want to go all in, just go right. for it. You can easily qualify. You hit it for, you know what, six six to one. There's 3,500. That might yep. get you in oh, the yeah. NHC right there. Yeah, a lot of our contests, that does get you there. And that's the thing, too. You're not just playing for one seat. So right. there's multiple seats. And on Saturday, too, those people trying to get into the uh, Horse Players Invitational. So it is. It, it, they're, they're great contests. They, they give you the capability to just kind of expand and take some shots, yep. too. I know one person who's going to be watching this, if not live, of replay, and that's Matt Miller. Yes, sir. Uh, he's a fan of he's a fan of the show. He's a good friend of mine. I don't know if he'll agree with our opinions, but he's I guarantee a good handicapper. You, guarantee you, he will be watching a replay of this and taking some notes. Let's go to the next race. We're going to move this along, Jim. Race seven. Yep. It's a mile to sixteenth on the turf. Another a, a big field of ten. This is a really fun late pick four on Sunday. Whether you're playing the contest or not, nine to five on solid country gold for Catalano Mojica. But you're going with simply logic for blocking Amy. Yeah, and it's just based on how the race may set up. Uh, solid Country Gold is going to need pace to chase after and will be coming from well out of it. Simple logic just tends to rate a little bit closer to the pace. It was a good effort in that last out. Chased another Chris Block runner and power through who was the winner. But I think Simple Logic probably needed that race. So it was about nine months in between starts. So you come back here in this spot and you see a lot of consistent races there on the grass. I just think the horse is able to rate just off the pace. And a race that, despite having a big field, isn't really a race that has a whole lot of pace. I think this horse gets a dream trip and maybe pulls off the upset. Uh, and that would certainly help. Now, you can you can play doubles in the NHC, of course. You can play almost anything, actually. Pick fours, pick fives, almost anything you want, which is cool. Uh, in the invite, though, it's going to be restricted. Yep. $250 each race and... Uh, are there restrictions? I can't recall. You have to stay time. within the race, right? You can't, yeah, you can't go multi-race wagers or doubles. So you do okay, have to stay tries, within obviously. that race. Yep, right. yep. Oh, yeah, okay. you can play tries in there. If you're looking for a horse for the try, it's the one-horse family tradition. Maybe toss that one in the mix. That's uh, a horse that I think is pretty well-intended, and might you probably will get that 9-2. to two. Uh, Met Cody Rosine last night at Canterbury. He, he good won guy, the good Canterbury trainer. Derby. Actually upset one in Vermilion, which was a really fast horse uh, from uh, California. And he yeah. uh, won. And the horse that he won with last night, the Canterbury Derby, is very similar to the deductions horse. Like a very lightly raced, just broke his maiden, and then ended up uh, beating a more established horse. So these three-year-olds at this time of year can really improve quickly. It's not as if they they're right. fully developed yet, even though the summer is, is upon us here. Yeah, and he, he's a very smart horseman. Places his horses very well. And uh, I'll tell you, he did the right thing there, and it paid off for him. Sure did. Uh, last race 
by the way, race seven is the last race of the yep. invite, you said, right? So, Correct. And it's a nice big field. I see why you guys did that. I think that's a very smart decision by Hawthorne. Race eight's the last race of the day. It closes out the pick four. Um, it's for uh, Maiden 62.5. You see it's a field of eight. More line favorite number two, Mad Dragon. And you're going to go with number one on Captured Dream Watkins and Giles again. And Jim Watkins is the guy who is the current president of the HBPA down at Fairmont Park. But Jim Watkins is having an incredible meet at Hawthorne. Look at his stats there. 50 starts, 13 of those coming as winners, 26 of 50 wow. on the board. This is a guy who's having a solid meet, places his horses really well. And you look, the second this horse transferred over to his barn, all of a sudden you see improvement in those last two starts. Inside draw, should be able to rate close to the pace. And this is a race that, again, it doesn't have a ton of speed in here. So when you look up and down the field, think this is a horse that should be able to get away in good order, could maybe even make the top and not have to work that hard to do it and should be able to hang around throughout. No, it's, uh, and, it's, and I think when you have bottom level claimers, main claimers, uh, you want someone on lead. The, yes. These horses just don't pass. That's why they're unfortunately at the level they're at. Is just you, you see closers usually are more effective at the higher class races. That's usually how it works out. Uh, Jim, your pick four, the bottom of the screen, one, five, six with one, two, three, five with one, two, seven with one, two, four. This is a bigger ticket. Uh, for me, it's huge. Percent. I'm sorry? <laughs> it's huge for me. It is big for you. Uh, obviously, you didn't think anyone stood out. Uh, no singles. But listen, sometimes you just got to spread. Sometimes you have to spread, and what we've seen at Hawthorne, especially with the 15% takeout on the pick fours, is if you can just beat a couple of favorites, you're going to have a nice return. That's all it's going to take here. So if you happen to defeat really good in the Hawthorne Derby, you're in good shape. In race number seven, if you happen to defeat the Catalano Runner, solid country gold, then you're in great shape. If both of those horses are off and you can catch some of these others, even if they're the second or third choice, you're going to look at a return of over 100 bucks easily to double your money if not triple or quadruple it. So that's kind of the way that I looked at the sequence. Yeah, I, I, I like your picks there, Jim. Let me bring up our closing banner. Um, in July, uh, I'm going to talk to yourself and the powers that be. Uh, we're going to try to do something in July. My personal schedule is pretty wide open in July. So we're going to try to do something at Hawthorne Racecourse, either have a, I have a bunch of people out, have a little outing on the rooftop or something, Jim, or maybe do a live podcast and or do both. I don't know. I'll I'll talk to you in Dakota. We'll see if we can work it out. But I would be remiss if I wouldn't say that in July, Saratoga opens and we do have um, a, a pool party. We're going to be yep. live at the Crestwood, right? Crestwood OTB yep. on the first Saturday of the Saratoga meet, which I uh, I like to say it's the 20th. No, it's the 15th, I believe. I think, I think it's, it's July. the 15th, yep. July 15th on a Saturday will be the Crestwood OTB for a pool party. You'll be out there. I think you said so. That'll be a lot of fun, but I love to do something actually at the track. Uh, so you and I will, will be in touch about that, yeah. but Saturday is going to be a great day of racing with contests and the whole weekend at Hawthorne is going to be, or sorry, Sunday, both days are going to be great, but Sunday, there's no, no racing to Hawthorne. The contest is Hawthorne Saturday. Great day of racing on Sunday and the invite and the contest. Again, sorry I won't be there, but they'll be next year if I'm invited. Hopefully I will be. You will uh, be. Don't worry. And uh, it's going to be a great day. Any, I hate to put you on the spot. Maybe I shouldn't do this, but what the hell? It's live. There's, what, 59 people? Who's the more likely favorite to win the be, invite? Uh, there'll be 59 people. There's, uh, there's two <laughs> players that I'm definitely going to watch. All right, Jim Bennis has watched the Illinois circuit for many years. Yeah. I've watched him make trip notes on horses. He does an incredible job. He's very thorough. He's one guy. And then I just, I love the way Matt Miller plays tournaments. I know he's a friend of the show in that, but I love the way that he takes those shots because 
it's not only taking the shots, but kind of knowing what you have to do and where you have to be bankroll wise to try to win something like this. And a lot of the players, of course, are like that, but some that are really those very good season players are the ones that I think can jump up and, and just have a big performance. So those are the two that I'll be cheering for. Well, I'll be cheering for Matt Miller, obviously, and wish everyone luck. But I will say that, and Matt would admit this to you uh, if he saw you in person, he'll tell anyone. He's really more of a open live money guy. So these the restricted 250 a race, and then everyone gets 750 at the end is right. not his personal cup of tea. He'd much be better say, give me a you know X amount bankroll and just let me gun it early, which you can't do in the invite. Right. But he, you can do it in the NHC uh, tournament. So I think he'll be firing with two entries, I'm guessing, and firing some a big double early uh, to try to qualify. I think he's qualified already once, but I think he wants to double qualify for the NHC. Uh, yeah. Jim Miller, great job, man. Really appreciate having you on. It's been a lot of fun. Got big weekend coming up of racing. Please support Hawthorne Racecourse on Sunday with your betting dollars, whether you're going to be in the contest or not. And then, of course, there's a contest Saturday. But if you're not a contest player, support Hawthorne Racecourse anyway. For my uh, co-host tonight, Pete Visco, and Director of Racing, Jim Miller, this has been Howard Kravitz, episode 270 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I want to watch a little bit of the NBA draft and then go to bed, Jim. It's been a long, long 36 hours for me, but we wish everyone good luck with their wagers this weekend at Hawthorne and at Thistledowns. Take care, everyone. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Racing podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country.